Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, joined as always by Brandon Scott, otherwise known as B. Scott. The 2023 IHSA Girls Basketball State Tournament has been absolute insanity. Thankfully, we still have one more weekend to go. Today, we dive into players to watch, keys to the game, and predictions for all four of Saturday's state championship games. Hope you enjoy. Man, the girls' tournament, B. Scott, has been nuts. Like, we talked about it during the preview, how, like, a lot of times, you know, it could be a little bit predictable. The the talent gap is a little bit wider when it, you know, in these types of tournaments. Um, but shockingly enough, we've seen plenty of upsets. Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's unreal. I mean, you're you're gonna go through it uh, of who our picks were going into sectionals, and there's only been one correct, right? Only one. So that that's that just says. I mean, I don't think I could have predicted. Well, we I didn't. We 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 <laughs> did. We did predict a lot of these teams making it. I mean, now we were correct, and some of like saying, "Hey, look, a team coming out of this sectional is very likely going to end up playing at Gainbridge." Um, but man, I, and mean, I mean, my my high school made a run to the final four. That completely unexpectedly. I mean. So I mean, it, it's it was definitely an entertaining postseason, and it, it's going to be fun capping it off this weekend. Oh yeah, I mean there there were some runs because I mean now once you get down to the end, I mean a lot of the teams that we picked did make the semi state and and all that kind of thing, and of course it was a new format for the semi state where instead of two regional games, there were two semi state games, which I love. Um, and so I mean these it, once you get down to those you know, final eight, final four teams, it's anybody's guess because you've made the run already so far. And it's just a matter of finishing off that run. So, um, you know, just absolute craziness. So let's go ahead and get into it here. Um, you know, it's safe to say, like I've said, that this is not how we thought the tournament would go. Uh, looking through our pre-tournament predictions for the 4A state champion, we both picked South Bend, Washington, who was eliminated in semi-state. Now, they did deal with an injury. Um, um Aliyah, uh, why, I'm trying to think of, I want to say Aliyah Washington. That's not her last name. I'm sorry. I'm butch- butchering it. Um, but her sister, she, she and her sister are both going to Maryland. Um, and they, Aliyah Reynolds, there we go. Um, she got injured early on, uh, in the tournament. So I think it was literally during sectional. So that obviously did not help, but South Bend Washington, a team, that was literally winning games by 40 points in the regular season. We thought it was a shoe in to be at Gambridge. They lose in the semi-state. Uh, in the 3A state champion or is 3A state championship prediction, I had Jay Count Jay County. B Scott had Twin Lakes. Uh, Jay County loses in the sectionals. Twin Lakes loses in semi-state. I was pretty big on Jay County, uh, and they did not come through in the end. Uh, as far as 2A state champion, I had Central Noble. You had Lafayette Central Catholic. The Cougars actually beat LCC themselves. Uh, before they themselves were defeated one game shy of Gainbridge Fieldhouse. And then in the 1A state championship, I had try and B Scott had Lanesville. That's the only team that we picked in the entire show. Um, it came at the very, it came at the very end of the broadcast. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, B Scott had Lanesville. Nailed it. 
<laughs> Pete Scott had Lanesville in the state final. I had try uh, try losing in semi state. All four matchups are first time meetings, um, at least in the wow. last twenty years per uh, John Harrell. So there's not any previous matchups to go through. Um, by the rankings here, this is uh, this really defines how crazy this state finals weekend is. Lanesville is the only number one ranked team to make the state finals. We have two, or sorry, we have one number two team, a number three team, one team ranked number six, and three teams that went into the tournament ranked seventh um, in their respective polls uh, that end up uh, making it to Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And then you also have an unranked team that has been a Cinderella story all the way to Indianapolis. That's what Indiana high school basketball is all about right there, that one unranked team. Right. No one versus two matchups. So it's literally, you know, we've got, I think, I think it's like a seven versus a one, a six versus a seven, um, a two versus the unranked team. Like it's, it's pretty insane uh, what we've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this is what Indiana high school basketball is about, whether it be on the men's side or the women's side of things. The fact that we're not having one versus two and there was an unranked team going that went into the tournament that made it to gain bridge. That's, that's what it's all about. And you love to see that kind of tournament play out. Yeah. And it was from a sectional two um, that wasn't like, like when I looked at it, I knew that sectional was going to be competitive, but it wasn't a sectional you looked at and said, okay, the, the team that could potentially win the state tournament is coming from that sectional bracket. It was, okay, they might win the sectional, but they're not going to get much further. It's not like a team that we normally are used to seeing get here. They just kind of kind of a down year. Because, I mean, I, I remember, like, last year, Westfield was unranked going into the state tournament, weren't they? Uh, the boys team, because Braden Smith, like, missed the whole season because of injury. And then because he yeah. came back, like, they made a pretty decent run through uh, the tournament. So it wasn't even like that. It was literally a team coming out of nowhere. So you love to see that. So, hey. What are we doing? Still making small talk. Let's get in. Let's get to it. To the state finals. It's all going to tip off on Saturday at 10:30 a.m. Eastern time for the 1A state final. Number seven, the number seven Bethany Christian Bruins. They're 24 and three. They take on the number one Lanesville Eagles. They're 27 and two. The Bruins rode to Gainbridge Fieldhouse. It started in the sectionals. They defeated Fort Wayne Blackhawk 33 to 32. They defeated Lakewood Park 56 to 37. Uh, in the regional, they defeated Tri County 38 to 30. In the semi-state, they defeated number six Washington Township 55 to 50, and they defeated number two Tri in the semi-state as well 58 to 54. The Eagles rode a Gamebridge Fieldhouse in the sectionals. They defeated Rock Creek Academy 58 to 24. They defeated number nine Borden in the sectional championship 58 to 27. They defeated Wood Memorial 64 to 26. They defeated, and then, then in the semi-state, they defeated number four in Tri- Trinity Lutheran, fifty-six to forty-one in the morning game, and then defeated number thirteen Jackson Dell, forty-five to twenty-one in the nightcap to advance to Gamebridge. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna give my player to watch and key to the game. B Scott will give his, and then we'll give our predictions. Um, so my player to watch going into this game, I'm going with Bethany Christian's own Zoe Willems. Uh, she's a junior. She's 12th and 1A in scoring with 17 points per game. She's averaging 19 points per game heading into semi-state as far as the tournament's concerned. She's uh, got 429 points on the season, which is nearly 200 more than second on the team. The success has really gone through Willems this season. She's first on the team in rebounds with 205, which is over 100 more uh, than second on the team. She's second on the team in steals, averaging around four per game and leads all Bruins in blocks. 
If the Bruins have one more upset up their sleeve, Zoe Willems is going to have to play a significant role. Um, and so I think um, that she's going to be a player that I want to hone in on and, and watch to see what she does. Uh, because like I said, if they're going to win, uh, she's going to have to have a good game. Um, as far as my key to the game uh, for this 1A state final, um, uh, I think Lanesville needs to get on a first half run. I mean, they have been insane in terms of, you know, they've not only not always gotten off to the greatest starts, but once they get rolling, that offense really kicks into gear. The Eagles were tied with Rock Creek Academy 11-11 early in the second quarter before going up 14 to before going on a 14 to nothing run to close out the first half up 25 to 11. After leading by just a 12 to 11 score in the sectional title game, the Eagles went on a 17 to nothing run to pull away from Borden. They led Wood Memorial 17 to five after the first quarter uh, in the regional, and then used a 26 point second quarter to hold a 43 to 12 lead at halftime. They led Jackson Dell uh, in the semi-state championship 16 to two after the first uh, 29 to nine at halftime. During the tournament, Lanesville has beating opponents by an average of 28 points per game. Uh, keeping up the average they had that had them fifth in the state during the regular season in that category. So if Lanesville can make one of those big runs in the first half, especially on a Bethany Christian team that is fifth defensively in one a, uh, a top 20 in the state, then the Eagles will be all, all, all set. So if they can get that offense going, you know, start creating turnovers, get that big 10 to 15 point run, then they're going to be in good shape. Yeah. I mean, I love your pick there of, um, of Zoe Willems. I mean, you look at her averaging 17.1 points per game that, I mean, that's, that's uh, awesome, but I'm looking at Lanesville and in particular, I mean, I'm looking at Morgan Sonner. Uh, she's six one. She's her center. She's current. I mean, yeah, she's not their leading scorer on their team by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, she's only averaging seven, a little over seven and a half points a game, but the key is feed her because she's going to have that height, that height advantage. You look at uh, Bethany Christian, yeah, Bethany Christian, uh, their tallest player, it comes in at 5'10", which is roughly, if I, my math is right, three inches shorter than uh, Morgan Sonner. I mean, so just keep feeding her. Um, and if they do double down on her, that's also then going to open things up for Lindsey Wernert, uh, who is the team's leading scorer at 13.5 points per game. Um, but the thing for me with Morgan Sonner, she is shooting 75% from the free throw line. So that's going to be key. Just keep getting the ball to her, work the inside. That is also my key to the game. Work the inside. Look, both of these teams are two of the better defensive teams in 1A. I mean, we have uh, – I'm on the wrong page looking at the stats. Um, here we go. Here they are again. Uh, Lanesville is number two in the state in scoring defense, allowing only 28.4 points per game, while Bethany Christian is 17th in the state, allowing only 33.4 points per game. So it's going to be a defensive battle, and you got to be able to find where your advantages lie. And Lanesville definitely has the advantage of size on the inside. If they can feed that, get to the free throw line, I, I think that's going to be a real help for them. I absolutely agree. I mean, you you mentioned um, Morgan Sonner. Um, she was a huge contributor in the win over Jacksonville as well. She was the leading scorer in that game. So, you know, yeah, the inside, they got the height advantage. I like where you're going with that. As far as predictions go, you know, I can't, can't, cannot sleep on Lanesville again. You know, I was waffling between picking them in the uh, in the 
sectional preview and obviously regret doing not doing so. Um, you know, they've shown me why I should have picked them. I mean, they're third and one a in scoring with 56 points per game. They're first in the class defensively holding teams to 28 points per game. That's good enough for second overall in Indiana. Um, they have two players averaging in double figures on the year, uh, Lindsey Werner and soft, uh, senior Lindsey Werner and sophomore Hadley Crozier. Um, you know, like you mentioned, they have the height, uh, with two players over six foot, um, you know, Morgan Sonner, like you mentioned, um, they've got the height, they can score. They've been doubling teams up this season and postseason, uh, no matter how good the opposition has been. So Lanesville, I think they're on track to win, uh, their first state championship in program history. Yeah. I picked Lanesville going into sectionals. I'm sticking with Lanesville. Uh, I'm not jumping ship now. Lanesville, like you, like I said, you said it, that height advantage is going to be key. Gets the free throw line really kind of, uh, Got to have that lockdown defense, though, because Bethany Christian is is better from behind the arc. So you got to lock them down. Got to shut that down. But feed the rock into the center. You'll be good to go. I got Lanesville. All right. So we're both on Lanesville. We'll see what happens in the 1A state final. Directly after that, it's going to be the 2A state final. That's at 1245 Eastern time on Saturday. This is our unranked matchup. LaPel, the Bulldogs, 22 and 7. They go up against number two, Forest Park, the Rangers, 25 and 3. The Bulldogs rode to Gamebridge Fieldhouse looked like this. In the sectionals, they defeated Wapahani 49 to 43. In the uh, sectional semifinal, they defeated Alexandria fifty-eight to fifty-six, and they defeated Winchester in the state uh, the sectional championship game fifty-two to forty-seven. In the regional, they defeated number twelve Eastbrook thirty-nine to thirty-seven, and then in the semi-state, they defeated number four Andrean forty-four to thirty-two, and defeated number three Central Noble fifty-one to thirty-eight to punch their ticket to Gamebridge Fieldhouse. As far as the Rangers go, their road to the state finals saw them in the sectional defeat North Posey 41 to 25, Tell City 52 to 20, and South Spencer 47 to 23. In the regional, they defeated number 13, Brownstown Central 45 to 38. And in the semi state, they defeated Greencastle 65 to 48 before knocking off the number one team in 2A, North Knox 41 to 36. So looking at players to watch. Um, so I was looking through the rosters. Now, Forest Park did not upload their stats to Max Preps. I know now that the programs are out. I know you have them in front of me, so I'm or in front of you. So I'm interested to see uh, what you if you've got anybody from um, Forest Park uh, that can top it, or maybe you've got somebody from uh, Lapel. But I've got a freshman here. Who's the, so? Not only do you have an, a team that was unranked make it all the way to the state final, they're being led <laughs> by a by freshman. A, Lanaya that, that bodes Bell. well for your future. Yes. Very well. Well, and like not only that, but I, I'm pretty sure their second leading scorer is like also an underclassman. Like they're not going to be gone next year. So Lapel is going to be a team to watch. Even, no matter what happens this Saturday, they're going to be a team to watch uh, in 2023, 2024. Uh, but Lanaya Wills, uh, the freshman, she's top 25 in 2A in scoring with 16 points per game. First for the Bulldogs in that category. She leads all Bulldogs in rebounding with by nearly 200, 278 boards. Uh, the next closest has 84. She's tied to the team lead in steals, uh, the team leader in blocks as well. I mean, to be a difference maker already is just a freshman. Uh, I'm excited to see what she does on the big stage at Gamebridge. Uh, the key to the game for me uh, is the Rangers defense. 
Uh, Forest Park boasts the fifth best defense statistically in the state, second in two A, allowing thirty one points per game. Uh, the range in the Rangers game versus Greencastle uh, that was their only game this tournament versus a top fifty offense in the state. Uh, Greencastle is twenty fourth in scoring, third in two A, averaging fifty nine points per game, and the Rangers held them to just forty eight. Uh, but conversely, LaPel has faced several fantastic defenses along their way to Gambridge Fieldhouse. They faced Eastbrook in the regional. Uh, Eastbrook averaged uh, allowing 30 points per game, uh, which was first in 2A, third in the state. Uh, the Dogs scored 39 points. Uh, in, in the game against Central Noble, Central Noble was fifth in 2A, 14th in Indiana, allowing 33 points per game. Uh, the Bulldogs scored 51 in that 2A state semifinal. Against Alexandria, who, who allows 34 points per game. That's ninth in 2A, 22nd in the state. LaPel scored 58 points. That was in the sectional semis. Uh, Wapahani, they average allowing 37 points allowed per game. That's 15th in 2A, 48th in the state. LaPel scored 49 points in that sectional opener. So they went, went up against some of the best defenses in the state and not only like, okay, you know, cool. They allowed, you know, Central Noble allows 39 points and, you know, LaPel scored 41. Like, no, they they saw that bar and they even exceeded that bar. Um, so if Forest Park wants to win, they're going to have to play like one of the best defenses in the state. Actually say, no, we're number two in the state. We're, you know, we're number one in 2A. We are going to lock you down and play good defense because the other good defenses LaPel has faced haven't been able to contain the Bulldogs. So I think Forest Park's defense is going to be key. Yeah, this this one's gonna be fun. It's the David versus Goliath kind of battle that we uh, come to expect, like especially in like sectionals and everything. But for me, the player I'm watching is actually from Forest Park. I am watching senior forward, six one senior forward, Amber Treader. Amber is actually averaging close to a double double. I mean, she's kind of the do it all for this team. She's averaging almost sixteen points per game, almost nine rebounds per game, two point three assists per game shooting over 70% from the free throw line. Oh, and she's also shooting nearly 42% from the three-point range. So you got to worry about her on the inside. You got to worry about her on the outside. She's getting the rebounds for her team. She's, I mean, she's kind of the do-it-all. Um, so that is my, Amber Treader is definitely my player to watch. Uh, my my biggest key to this game, uh, Forest Park, if, like, if you want to, win this game look you got to realize that lapel is going to come in and they are going to play like really hungry they're going to play with nothing to lose because they shouldn't be here the numbers don't lie uh unranked you know it should it shouldn't be lapel but you know that's just the way sometimes tournaments run out run the course so forest park what they need to do is they need to lock them down and get out to a quick and early lead if they can get out to an early lead over LaPel, that may take the wind out of the sails from LaPel, and then that get, allows Forest Park to settle into their game plan. If they, if they can get to the point where they can settle into their game plan, get into that lockdown defense, feed the ball to Amber Treader, whether she's hitting it from inside or outside, really you got to take the, the wind out of the sails of LaPel early. So that way you don't they don't feel like they have the chance in it. I mean, it's a great story and everything, but... Sometimes the clock has to strike midnight, and this unfortunately might be the time for lapel. I am glad you made that analogy of the clock striking midnight because as we get into our prediction, my prediction is that the clock will not 
strike midnight uh, on the lapel bulldogs. Give me that squad. Uh, They've got a few secondary options behind wills. They've got Madeline pointer who averages 12 points per game. Uh, Deania Heisman averaging nine points per game. They're battle tested three straight games versus uh, ranked teams, including two of the top four teams into a, in the semi-state round, going through number four, Andrean, going through number three, Central Noble, which was my pick um, to win the state final in 2A. Uh, they're the definition of getting hot at the right time. They've played four of six games this tournament versus top five defenses in 2A. Those four teams had allowed roughly an average of 35 points per game, and Lapel in those games averaged 49 points per game. They're absolutely clicking right now, uh, and the Lapel Bulldogs win their first state championship in program history. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there is something to say for clicking at the right time, but I'm not ready to to say the clock is ticking very slowly. I'm I'm going with Forest Park. I I just think the advantage that they have with Amber Treader, um, the, her ability to hit three to hit the three pointer, uh, her advantage on on the boards, uh, that that that's something you can't take lightly. Um, I think. Honestly, Forest Park comes home with the Class 2A state championship. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could very very well could go that way, but I, I think it's it's an exciting story. We'll see what happens. Our first uh, disagreement here in the state finals preview, and we'll see if we have any more um, as we get on into the 3A and 4A preview. But before we get there, let's go ahead and talk about our friends of the show. First of all, from Anchor. The Crash Course Podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Looking to start a podcast but don't know where to start? Look no further than Anchor.fm. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or mobile device, and we'll distribute it to other sites such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. On a budget, not only is Anchor completely free of charge, but will allow you to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Also, the Crash Course Podcast is brought to you by Eat Lunch and Board Game. Heard weekly on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be heard. Board games build bridges. In the nightcap from Game Ridge Fieldhouse, we've got the 3A state final. That's going to tip off at 6 p.m. Eastern time. That sees the number seven Fairfield Falcons. They're 27 and two, taking on the number six Corden Central Panthers at 27 and two. So two seven, 27 and two teams. The Falcons rode a Gamebridge Field House in the sectionals. They defeated West Noble 55 to six. Uh, they defeated Lakeland 64 to 40 to win that sectional. Uh, in the regional, they defeated Highland 40 to 32. And in the semi state, they defeated Tippecanoe Valley 54 to 33 before defeating the number one team in 3A Twin Lakes 42 to 34. The Panthers rode a Gamebridge Field House looked like this. They defeated Charlestown in the sectional opener 58 to 39 before defeating North Harrison 53 to 39 and Scottsburg 63 to 54 to take that sectional crown. They defeated Rushville in the regional 68 to 40 and in the semi-state they defeated Gibson Southern 58 to 42 before defeating number five Indian Creek 48 to 42. Um, so player to watch. Um, I'm going with Corden Central's own Ava Weber. She's a senior. Uh, she's 14th in the state, second in 2A. 
uh, scoring with 22 points per game. One of just two players this weekend who are in the top 50 in the state in terms of points per game. Uh, she's got four games of 30 po- uh, points or more. Uh, three have come in the state tournament. She's got 19 games of 20 or more points, including all six tournament games. She's allowed. She's averaged 27 points per game during the state tournament. She also leads the team in rebounds. She's easily the best player on the court this weekend, statistically, uh, you know, as far as you know, looking at scoring goes. As far as my key to the game, it's going to be Corden Central's complementary players. Uh, Fairfield allows an average of 28 points per game, which is number one in the state. They knocked off the number 11 team offensively in the state in Twin Lakes, who averaged 61 points per game, held them to just 34 points, allowed 14 points in the first quarter before allowing only 20 the rest of the way. Twin Lakes had three scorers averaging in double figures on the season. Only one, uh, Addie Bowsman, uh, scored double digits on Saturday. Bowsman scored 16. Uh, the rest of the team had 18 points. Uh, leading scorer Olivia Nickerson had just nine, or team the team leader uh, in scoring, Olivia Nickerson, had just nine points. Uh, her average was 18 points going into that game. So I say all that about Fairfield to say that in Corden's win over number five, Indian Creek, of course, Ava Weber got hers, 20 point, 22 points in that game. But sophomore Josie Vaughn had 12 points. Vaughn is the second leading scorer for the Panthers. Weber had eight rebounds. Uh, sophomore Annie, Alyssa Grover had seven. Uh, junior Morgan Adams in the early game on Saturday versus Gibson Southern had 10 points and 11 rebounds. So what you saw in that game for Fairfield was them taking away those complimentary players, knowing that, hey, there's going to be one of those three for uh, – twin lakes that's going to go off let's go ahead and just eliminate those other two and that's how they got to this point and so if you're Corden central who has some good complementary pieces of your own um that's going to be your goal is to make sure that those players you know give abel weber her the support that she needs to carry this team um to the finish line so i think you know we know she's going to be a main contributor ava weber so it's a matter of getting those around her to step up uh, so they can break through that def- fantastic defense that fairfield has yeah so i mean this is i think this is probably uh going to be the best game the most highly contested game potentially um these two teams are very evenly matched, but for me, the player that I'm watching is uh, Fairfield senior guard uh, Brea Garber. Uh, she, Brea Garber, six foot guard. She is the tallest player on her team uh, and plays guard. So that is something that that's that's very interesting. Um, she's averaging almost 15 points per game, nearly five rebounds a game, and almost four assists per game as well. So. She's scoring it, she's rebounding it, and she's dishing it out as well. Um, this this Fairfield team, like you said, they did knock off number one Twin Lakes in the in the semi-state final rounds of semi-state. So they they have what it takes to knock off the the, the top. Um, when you look at the key for me for this game, let me get back to that page. There's it's a lot. I have a lot of notes here. Um, the Falcons of Fairfield, they are number one in the state and allowing only 28.3 points per game. That's going to be key because when you look at their kind of statistical uh, rundown here, uh, they are averaging 54.9 points per game, which which is less than Corridan. However, uh, they are only allowing, like I said, 28.3 points per game compared to Corridan's 40 points per game. So Fairfield is going to have the defensive advantage, especially when you have a guard, a player that can play the per- perimeter like Bria Gar- 
Garber, that is uh, always a, a huge, huge advantage. So my key to the game is just play your style of defense. Put Bria Garber on uh, Corridan's best player, lock her down, take her out of the game total altogether, and be able to just play smart basketball, but stick to your style of defense and ride what got you here in the first place. Yeah, and I like where you're going with that. Um, as far as predictions go, you know, I really want to go Corden Central here, uh, going with Ava Weber, but I'm gonna actually gonna I'm actually gonna go with Fairfield. Uh, what they did to Twin Lakes is just so impressive. Um, you know, Twin Lakes is a far better offense than Corden is, and the Falcons rose to the occasion. On the flip side, Corden has not seen a defense on the same level as Fairfield during the state tournament. The Falcons have allowed more than 35 points just once during the tournament. Corden was averaging 59 points per game this postseason before their game versus number five Indian Creek, the 36th best defense in the state, and were held to below 50 points. And obviously, I point that out not to say like, oh, they finally played a good defense and scored just two points less than 50 on the on the year. That first game they scored under 50, um, you know, in a while. Um, but then again, I mean, Fairfield crushed their game versus superior offense, and those numbers for Corden are under, over, underwhelming. So, like, the one thing you can kind of go on, because both teams kind of, you know, they avoided kind of the the big – teams of that of their tournaments that were ahead of them ranking wise before getting to semi-state so that one kind of test in the semi-state Fairfield passed with flying cover colors not only beating the number one team but absolutely shutting them down whereas Corden sure they knocked off the number five team that's impressive that's good but it, they didn't do it as impressively as Fairfield did and that's what I think has me going with Fairfield I think Fairfield comes in with more momentum their defense is way better. I I think Fairfield wins this game. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's Fairfield. I mean, the, the when you have a guard that's six foot in women's basketball and that's your tallest player on the team, and you, that defense alone. I mean, your the point differential is like twenty six point six per game for Fairfield. Uh, that's that's going to be tough for Corden to overcome. So give me Fairfield. All right, one more game to get to. We've been in agreement on two. We've uh, disagreed on the other one, the 2A. Let's see if we disagree on 4A. Uh, that game gets underway at approximately 8.15 Eastern time, the final game of the 2022-2023 girls basketball season. That sees the number three Fishers Tigers. They're 26-2 and two going against the number seven Bedford North Lawrence Stars. They're 26-3. and three. The Tigers rode a Gamebridge, Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Looked like this. They defeated Carmel in the sectional. They were in that really tough uh, sectional where they that were like four of the top five teams were in that sectional. Uh, they defeated Carmel 63-43. to 43. They defeated number two Noblesville 67-64 to 64 in two overtimes before then facing Hamilton Southeastern 58-44. to 44. Hamilton Southeastern was the number four team in 4A. Uh, in the regional, they defeated number 12, Homestead, 61-31. to 31. And in the semi-state, uh, in the opener, they defeated number 10, Fort Wayne Schneider, 67-66. to 66. And then in the nightcap, they defeated number 11, Lake Central, 41-24. to 24. As far as the Stars, their road to Gamebridge Fieldhouse in the sectional, they defeated Jennings County, 51-38. to 38. They defeated Jeffersonville, 65-50. to 50, And they defeated Silver Creek, 62-25. to 25. In the regional, they defeated Evansville Central, 67 to 48. And then in the semi-state, in the opener, they defeated number nine, Center Grove, 50 to 43. And in the semi-state final, they defeated Lawrence North, 47 to 40. Sad violin for B. Scott there. Hey, um, no, I mean, the fact they made it to the <laughs> final four unexpectedly, I'll take it. I mean, Lawrence North is a basketball school, so anytime you can get that close on a year you weren't supposed to, 
Very Go true. Very it. true. It's great. Um, so my player to watch is Bedford North Lawrence's Chloe Spring. She's a junior. Uh, I mentioned that there were just two scores in the top 50 in Indiana playing this weekend. Spring is the other one, aside from Ava Weber. Uh, she's 43rd in the state, 14th in 4A, averaging 19 points per game. She had 26 points, five rebounds in the win over Lawrence North in the state semifinal. She had 20 points, five rebounds in the early game on Saturday versus Center Grove. So she absolutely balled out when they needed to, uh, when she uh, needed to, uh, in the semi-state, she's second on the team in rebounds, leads the team in blocks. She's the best player on the court in terms of shooting statistically. And Bed- if Bedford uh, hopes to win, uh, it will run through her. Um, my key to the game, hey, this was really tough because these two teams are so even statistically. Like it literally hurt my brain. I couldn't figure. I was trying to think of a key to the game because you know a lot of these games you can be like, oh well, whichever defense steps up, and that was the case, especially like in the Fairfield game, the Forest Park game. So I was trying to like not repeat myself um, a whole lot. Both these offenses are pretty oh, highly rated in the state of Indiana. Um, you know, they're so close statistically. It was like I said, it was literally hurting my brain. But this is what I came <laughs> up with uh, during this tournament. Fishers has faced Noblesville, Hamilton Southeastern, Homestead, and Fort Wayne Snyder. Those teams make up the 6th, 10th, 21st, and 31st best offenses in the state, all averaging 58 points per game or more. Fourth, uh, Those teams are also 4th, 7th, 11th, and 14th in 4A. This postseason, Bedford North Lawrence has faced Jennings County, um, Jeffersonville, and Lawrence North. Those teams make up the 9th, 36th, 43rd best offenses in the state, all averaging 56 points per game or more. Uh, the 6th, 17th, and 21st offenses in 4A. Between those two teams, uh, Fishers and Bedford North Lawrence, they've eliminated and outscored seven of the state's top 50 offenses, including four in the top 25. So they've gone out and shown that they can compete with the best. I mean, first of all, they are two of the best offenses, but they've also gone up against offenses better than they were and outscored them and outplayed them and played with the best offenses. They've shown they can beat anybody uh, this season uh, when they've gone up against them. Um, And so when you have two offenses that are this good, it's going to be the little things who can make their, you know, free throws, who can turn the ball over less, who can grab more offensive boards, giving your team a second chance, who can grab more defensive boards and give your team, uh, you know, eliminate second chances for the other team. So whoever does the little things, the best is going to be the team that wins the game on Saturday, whoever can, you know, limit mistakes, do the small things. I know it kind of sounds cliche, but again, these two teams, you know, in any statistical category, any of the major statistical categories, they're not separated by more than two or three. I know Bedford North Lawrence averages 61 points per game. Fishers averages 59, you know, Fishers averages 28 rebounds per game. Bedford North Lawrence averages 20, excuse me, averages 26. Um, So, it's so close in so all these categories. And I was trying to think like, literally I looked at the quarters. I was like, okay, so does like either of these teams like have these amazing numbers in like one quarter where like, if fishers can like weather the storm, like what happens? Like, no, it was like both teams average like 13 points in the first quarter. Bedford averages 15 in the second fishers averages 13 in the second. Like they both pretty much average 13 points every quarter. So it was pretty nuts. These teams are so even. So it'll be whoever does those small things well, who will end up hoisting the trophy on Saturday night. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a fun one. Um, I mean, Bedford North Lawrence is a team that we we've, we've heard a lot about. We talked a lot about them at our sectional preview. Um, 
But for me, the player I'm I'm watching the most is Fisher's uh, senior guard, uh, Haley Smith. She's a 5'10 guard, uh, right now averaging 12 points a game, nearly seven rebounds a game, and a little over two and a half assists per game as well. She's uh, shooting over 50, about 52% from the field, at 36% from three-point, and 74% from the, uh, the charity stripe. Uh, again, it comes down to, look, big guard play um and that to me that that just it's a it's a huge advantage when you have guards that that stack up at that size um and uh, really across the board fishers is is the taller the bigger team i mean it's going to be interesting between uh really it is going to be interesting between haley smith and uh chloe spring because they they match up so well against each other size wise and they're going to be the two teams go-to players. So for me, it's the key to this game is uh, it, one, it's going to be the experience. Uh, we we know Bedford North Lawrence has the experience throughout the entire season. They they've put together a, a solid resume, being you know that's why they're one of the better ranked teams in the state. Um, but you know then you got to look at the postseason run that Fishers has put together, especially coming out of that sectional. And this was the sectional that we talked about, saying that hey, anybody coming out of this sectional has a legitimate shot of making it to GameBridge. And sure enough, a team coming out of the Noblesville sectional made it. Uh, you know, having to go through number two Noblesville and Hamilton Southeastern, that is not a, that that not an easy task, especially Hamilton Southeastern, who knows how to get the job done in the postseason. So I kind of give Fishers a little bit of an edge there, but really it's who can get off to a hot start, who can put the uh, the jitters of being able to play in a state championship game behind them and just really kind of get, just get down to business. Um, that That's going to be my biggest key to the game. Who can start off the hottest? Yeah, that sectional, you mentioned it, uh, you know, not only you have Hamilton Southeastern, you have, you have the defending 4A state champion Noblesville. I know their, their best player from last year is not there anymore. Uh, but still, like yeah, the defending champs there. They were still number I mean, two. Zionsville also. was in that. Zionsville was in that. Zionsville has as a well. player going to North Carolina. <laughs> that's why. That's like one of the reasons why I picked them, uh, because you know you have a player with that much notoriety, that much, uh, you know, a player going to that notorious of a school. You're like, okay, well, she's the best player on the court. Obviously, they're going to take care of business. And Fishers didn't have to play them, so I'm not trying to sit here saying, and I'm not sitting here trying no. to say like. They if they would have played, they would have won because obviously Zionsville didn't make make it past who they played. But still, I mean, to get out of that sectional is absolutely incredible. As we get to the prediction, um, you know, it's hard to ignore what Bedford North Lawrence uh, has going for them. Uh, they're better statistically on offense and defense. The Stars have the eighth best offense, averaging 62 points per game. Fishers is 22nd, averaging 59 points per game. Bedford North Lawrence allows 38 points per game. Fishers allows 45 points per game. Along with Chloe Spring, uh, the Stars have two other players who score in double figures. Carson Norman, 16 points per game. Mallory Pride, 11 points per game. Fishers has two scores averaging in double figures. You mentioned Haley Smith, 12 points per game. Olivia Smith, who averages 11 points per game. But we've mentioned it. We've, we've beat that drum pretty hard. What's harder to ignore is what Fishers has done in this state tournament 
knocking off five straight ranked opponents, including two of their fellow top five teams in the sectional, defeating those teams by an average of 14 points per game. I mean, sure, they've had their close calls against uh, Fort Wayne Snyder and against Noblesville. Obviously, th- those those happened. But those other games, they took care of business. It's not like they've scraped by by three points, two points, all sectional. They've gone out and they've they've won close games. They've also gone out there and beat the brakes off of people. Um, you know, so Fishers is by far the most battle tested. They're the third ranked team at the state's highest class, and they bring home their first state title in program history. Uh, just absolutely so hard to ignore what Fishers has done, and I think that they uh, finish off that that goal. Um, you know, it reminds me a lot of my Super Bowl prediction where I was like. Both these teams are so good and so deserving. And, you know, the Eagles, uh, you know, Bedford North Lawrence in this case, like they, they maybe have the be- the most talent going for them, but you have the Chiefs who are more battle tested. So who do you go with? It's so close. So I'm going, I'm going with Fishers. Uh, I think they get it done. Yeah, I agree. I think the the postseason gauntlet, it, it's really hard to, to get through no matter where you're coming from. But if you are more battle tested and, have gotten to this point by having to go through some stronger competition, then I, I, you know, it's, it's hard to really look away from Fishers. I mean, I think if Bedford North Lawrence had really kind of put together, uh, put Lawrence North away a little bit more by a little bit more, and it wasn't such close of a margin, I may be leaning more towards Bedford North Lawrence here, but they're not exactly, lighting the world on fire for me right now. And I think the hot hand, I mean, I know I didn't go with um, lapel earlier who who's got it turned on right at the right time, but I think this time around it's, it's not the underdog fishers really isn't the underdog in this. Um, and I don't think they're going to play that way. They're not going to be intimidated by the big stage. They're not going to be intimidated by the team sitting on the other side of the court from them. So I'm going Fishers as well. I think they bring home the state championship in 4A. Well, there you have it. We uh, have both have Lanesville in the 1A. Uh, I have LaPelle. You have Forest Park in the 2A. We both have Fort Fairfield in the 3A, and we both have Fishers in the 4A. It's going to be an absolutely exciting weekend of basketball, um, so make sure you guys are locked in uh, to that over on 3C Media. We're going to be you know, watching the game, tweeting things out. Uh, no live stream, but we're going to be uh, you know, on – all, you know, on Twitter, interacting with you guys. So make sure you're locked in. That Twitter account is at 3C Media Sports. Make sure you follow 3C Media on Facebook as well. Go drop us a like there. Um, go to the YouTube channel, the TikTok page, uh, 3C Media over there. Like, subscribe, ring the bell. Um, we've had some good standalone content uh, with the Daytona 500 preview and the uh, uh, Super Bowl preview. So make sure you guys are locked into that. Um, and then remember, uh, every week on on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard you can hear the crash course podcast you can find me at crash course fm on twitter b scott where can they find you you can find me on twitter at brandon underscore scott 87 next week we'll be basically hitting the reset button we'll have the boys sectional uh that we're going to be talking about it's going to be a lot of fun to get into that but until then have a good one everybody